Hello, welcome to episode 100 of Swapping Joysticks. I mean, I say it's uh, episode 100, it is of Swapping Joysticks. We have had 100 podcasts together, but uh, we did have, it was called Split the Screen for a while. Not a very... Split the what? I know, not a very inspired name, but um, yeah, we are Swapping Joysticks now. And as you can see, we have a brand new setup. Um, So we have been doing audio only the last few weeks because... We had a camera, but we were streaming it at the same time, <clears throat> and there was a little bit of like disconnect, and we weren't really kind of connecting with the chat, but we weren't also connecting with each other. But then we couldn't really look at each other without just like the side of our heads and our one person here, one person there, which is this is weird because you can see my hands twice now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now we are, but we are fully, you know, if you want to listen to this audio only, you're not going to miss anything. Um, but if you do want to see us. For some reason. Uh, for some odd reason. You can go to youtube.com slash biggestbenders and see the video version. And you can see right behind Ed, if anyone's wondering what that is, because I want to make I want to address it straight away. Um, we got a Wiglet plushie, which looks a little odd. Got quite a big head, hasn't it? It's got a big head and a big nose. Yeah, exactly. If that's the nose, apparently. Okay. It's definitely a nose. Good. But yeah, this is episode 100. Welcome. This is I'm Ben Ostwick, otherwise known as Biggest Bennis, and I am joined... As always, by Ed Nightingale of Eurogamer fame. Hello. I was about to say, who are we? Yeah, well, you know, we, we get here. there eventually. We got there eventually. We did. And um, but yeah, this is our new setup. And what do you think to it? It's all right. Uh, we need some art. We need we need something else yeah. here. You can see Ed's and you need something. wonky Red Dead Redemption yeah. poster behind him. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> but also, people who are listening can't hear those. So we have to. We will be. Yeah, obviously, we are going to be recording this visually as well for mm-hmm. YouTube. But like I said, I'm going to make it so you're not missing anything if you are audio only. There won't be anything where we are showing something on stream. There's no show and tell here. Un- except for like the wiggler that we did about 30 seconds into the podcast. <laughs> Good start. Good start. <laughs> but yeah, this episode 100, we were there were plans to do all sorts of different things, but people's schedules didn't kind of align, and it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know how. It crept up on us. It we really just kept did. doing podcasts, and suddenly it was number 100 out of nowhere. Yeah. So, so we will still have plans. We'll still do interviews and have some guests and all those things. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have a nice chat. It's better to do special... You don't want to force something special. You just let the special... Never th- force it. Just let it happen. Yeah, exactly. Because though maybe it'll be episode 113 or something that we have a, a guest on. And it just that's the natural moment. Oh, 13. Yeah. You're Ugh. very unlucky. Um, but yeah, well, uh, those of you who are listening audio only, Eddie's wearing a t-shirt that says, You're basic. And he, <laughs> he changed that especially for the podcast. Is there a reason? No, but well, I had a shirt on and I wasn't sure if I liked it and I didn't know what to wear and I panicked and I just grabbed this from the back of the drawer and thought, I haven't worn this in a long time. I've never seen you wear that. Yeah, I bought it for pride. Of course. Because <laughs> I wanted What's to more... be a gay, a gamer. Oh, of um, course. And yeah, it's from a brand called Homo London, I think. Oh. So it is It is very much a gay t-shirt. It looks it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I haven't worn it very much, I'll be honest. Now I'm Jack and Jones because I am basic. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, so this episode 100, we're going to be talking, if anybody is brand new and they're like, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to just go and tune into this, see see what they do after 100 and see if they're professionals after 100 episodes. We're not. We're not at all. We're definitely not. I, I, I hope that by the time episode 200 comes around, we'll have 
taken it to an extra height. To a new level. To a new level. Hopefully I'll be earning tens of thousands and I can afford really high quality cameras uh, for this rather than the uh, Elgato face cams that we currently have. But they're right. They do the job. But then, yeah, the, there's a reason we're not going to be using my Sony camera for the wide shot because... You can tell the difference. <laughs> you can, you yeah. You can absolutely tell the difference. But this is just a little add-on. You know, if you want if you want to stick us on your TV or whatever on a Tuesday morning when we're live or when we're, um, you know, when you're doing something, you're, you're working from home and you want us on the TV while talking about video games, then, then you can. Or if you're on the train and you just want to listen to audio, you could do that as well. Exactly. Or you can watch us on your phone on the train and when people go, is that porn? You can say, yes. It's definitely not porn. <laughs> well, Ed's not wearing anything from the waist down. I'm definitely wearing shorts. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, none of that. So, um, anyway, episode 100. I feel like we're going to lose a lot of followers this week. Why is that? Because we're going to shit on some films. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this is a video game podcast, but we are we we have seen... We've seen some films. And I... We weren't keen. And also TV shows as well. All that, yeah. Yeah, so... It's a lot of things. Please, please don't judge us based on our opinions on films and movies. Because I have terrible taste in movies. I have a, I have terrible yeah, taste do. in TV series. You do. Nobody tunes into you to hear your, you know, your movie reviews, Ed. With They're about games. And we do talk about games. And we will talk about games. Oh, we will. At, you know, very soon. But we do normally start with what we've been doing in the last week or so. And... Well, what have you been doing? You went for a nice walk yesterday, didn't you? I did. I went to the seaside with some friends and... You had fish and had chips and mushy peas. I had fishy chips and mushy peas, which Fish were... and chips. That's what I said. You said fishy chips. Fishy chips sounds disgusting. I said fish and chips. Okay. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Yeah, it's northern. And mushy peas. Yeah. Well. Which was delicious. And, and I played with the dog and walked the dog and had a cuddle. It was lovely. Oh. Well, great. Well, I was streaming. Yeah. Um, but the day before that, we went to see a film. We, we did. Were, and we, we went to a cinema. We went to the Everyman Cinema. Now, if anybody has ever been to Everyman, um, or has never been to Ever uh, Everyman. Everyman? Everyman. That's it. It's a, so it's, well, actually, if you've seen Heartstopper, the Kai, is it Kai? Tao. Um, Tao. And L. L. Why do, who's Kai? No idea. Tao and L. <laughs> Go to the cinema. I think Kai's on Strictly. Tao and L go to the cinema, and you're like, and they sat in, they sit in this like in a sofa with cushions, and these the world's biggest popcorn, which is not there. But yeah, they go to an Everyman Cinema, and I really like. I don't think I can ever go back to kind of you know Croydon Cineworld. I think from now on it has to be Everyman Cinemas. Because they give you a yeah, you get a sofa. It's so relaxing. You've got a cushion. You, it's not. I mean, it's wow, not, you get a cushion. And you, I could. The best thing for me, I could stretch my legs out fully. And we were at the, we were on the back row. We it wasn't like at the front, like we were on the very, very back row. And I, uh, like stretched my legs out. And there was even like a little shelf. Were they for your feet? Maybe. I mean, we could stretch far enough for it to be for our feet. Yeah, but um, yeah, and they like when you sit down a waiter comes over and is like, hey, what food would you like to order? I mean, order? what all that meant for you is that you could comfortably sit and fall asleep because you could stretch out and have a little snooze. Oh, it's the best. If you get, yeah, if it's a cinema, because then if the film's great, I can watch it. And if it's not so great, I can fall asleep. And also, like, 
I feel it's weird because so they don't they they served us like a a burger. I had a chicken burger and air fried um, sweet potato fries and a a Coke. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a Coca Cola or is the Coca Cola Zero? And they gave it in a tiny bottle. And normally when I go to the cinema, I have you know one of those giant buckets of uh, soft drinks. Yeah, it's not that. It's no. not tacky. But like, I normally need to go for a pee after an hour, and I didn't. And I we watched Oppenheimer, which was three hours long, and I didn't once need to go to the toilet, and I was kind of a bit annoyed because you wanted a break. I needed a break. I wanted you to had go a break. You had a snooze. You I had did. multiple snoozes. I enjoyed the. I snoozes. looked across and gave you a little nudge. Yeah, I know. I didn't like that. Don't wake me up next time. Oh, I was okay. enjoying that. Fine. I was having great dreams. It was much more entertaining than the film. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, the, the thing is though, like they give you, they give you like a chicken burger and all that. And then, I mean, well, they don't just give it to you. Like you, you order it and, and you pay for it. Oh yeah. It's uh, not part of it. You have to, you know, order from a menu. Yeah. And and you do your you order before, before the film starts and then they bring it to you like during the trailers and then you're literally biting into a burger and bam, the lights go off and you're like, I'm sorry, what? And now you have to eat a burger in the dark. Yeah. And Oppenheimer, the, like, the beginning bit is quite dark, I remember. And I was like, I can't eat this. Well, I, could, I generally could not see what I was eating. So I'm sure bits went everywhere. Fumbling for fries. Exactly, yeah. So that was a bit, that was interesting. Um, I also was very, was violently sick in the night afterwards. So I think that chicken wasn't cut properly. Um, but something. Which, had it not been in the dark, you would have noticed and sent it Yeah, back. I'd have seen been like, yeah, maybe that is why. Undercooked chicken. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, but that was a great experience of going to the cinema. And I think in the future when I go to cinemas that, you know, to see a film that I want to see, I'll go and choose one of those. A film that you want to see as opposed to a film that I want to see. Well, I think, did you want to see Oppenheimer? Yeah, I wanted to see it, but I also want to see Barbie because I want to do both. And you are less interested in Barbie. Yeah. And everyone I know who's seen it has says it's great. Yeah. So our good friend Moni did say that... She she's unsure whether we'd like it. She thinks I, think I I'll like it. Yeah, you won't. But, but I'll force you to go anyway. Wow. Well, we'll see. What did you think of Oppenheimer after three hours? Oh, it was boring. I I went there because I I said, oh, let's go see Oppenheimer because I'm more interested in that. And I do like a real life story. I do love it like a documentary, which it isn't. Um, it's a biopic of Mr. Oppenheimer. Dr. Oppenheimer. What's his name again? Robert? Richard. Richard. Is it? Maybe. James. I don't David? know. It's generic. I don't know. Something Oppenheimer. Yeah. I can't remember his name. But anyway, he... Yeah, it's about his life. And... So it's three hours, but like a good two hours, 30 of that are in a board meeting or in various board meetings and just talking. And the, it's not the most boring board meeting, but it's still a board meeting. Like the last part where... He's trying to, well, I don't want to, well, it's, it's, it's happened in real life. So you know what's going to, you know, it's, there's no spoiler, but like the last part, he's trying to kind of save his reputation and it's obviously a bit of a kangaroo court and that just goes on forever. And I don't know, it just, it just feels like it was a two and a half hours of talking with really dramatic music played over the top. So you can't hear them most of the time. And then maybe 30 minutes of excitement. So it could have been a, a 90 minute, two hour film. I'd have been fine with that. But I liked it. I know you liked it. Because <laughs> it's going to do well, so you like it. 
No, it's not because it's going to do well. I don't think it deserves like massive Oscars and all that stuff. I think it's a good film, but it it's not a, an incredible film. I don't think it warrants quite the attention that it's getting. Um, it's because it's Christopher Nolan. It's, and because, I love it's, it's fil- because it's Christopher Nolan. I really like him. I like uh, Dunkirk is incredible and I'm going to make you watch it. It's brilliant. Happily. And Dunkirk to some people will be really boring because it's there's hardly any dialogue. It's mainly, but it's, there's hard, that's the thing. It's like the opposite. There's hardly any dialogue and it's mainly kind of just telling the story of these soldiers through the actions and stuff. And it's not, there's not necessarily, it's what I can remember it was a while ago when I watched it, but it was just, I don't know. You just felt like you were there rather than being in some kind of Hollywood movie. See, I liked Oppenheimer and it's very typical of Nolan's films in that he likes to tell stories in a very non-linear way. So rather than it just kind of starting from the beginning and going through his life, it's three different time periods of his life and it then jumps around them and it shows you how they interweave with one another um, to give you the story and give you this like web of intrigue and it means that there are little clips of scenes from the beginning that you don't quite know how that fits in or the importance of them until later on. And then you understand the significance and the puzzle becomes clear. And I really like that as storytelling. I think that's really interesting. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect of his films. I also really enjoyed that it makes the story sort of relevant to today because the whole point of like the atomic bomb is a series of chain reactions scientifically just as history is also a series of chain reactions. And so it's kind of trying to show you that through different time periods, but also how that still relates to now and how the dropping of the atomic bomb like led into the Cold War, which then led into like ultimately today's politics. So I like that it's making that event relevant and it's sort of explaining that chain reaction through the film. I also really like the use of sound and music, which I know you didn't because I, you apparently don't like loud noises. I don't like loud noises, and I think it's maybe a, a, a thing. I think some people have that they don't like really loud noises. And it genuinely, like, it was really loud. So my glass, <laughs> I obviously told you they gave me a bottle of uh, Coke Zero and then a glass for it. Poured it in and then put the bottle on the floor. My glass was on my table. My glass vibrated off my table. And made everybody on our road jump out of their skin, which is hilarious. Because there was just so much banging and booming with the bass. Literally, my glass vibrated off the table. The whole room was vibrating. I yeah. mean, and and the thing is, when the when the bomb goes off, because obviously they show a test bomb. They don't show the one dropped in Japan, but they show the test. And I like had my fingers in my ears because I'm like, this is just gonna like either jump scare me or blow my eardrums out. So I had my fingers near my ear. And they like wait two minutes afterwards. They're like all these, so the bomb explodes, and then they show different people's reactions and faces as the big lights and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, I can't hold my fingers near my ears like for the entire freaking film. Then all of a sudden, boom! And then I, my heart comes through my mouth, and I just did not enjoy. It. I'm like, I don't come here for jump scares. And there was a million, there was a lot of jump scares in that, or a lot of kind of like sudden, really loud noises to make you, I don't know. It was just too much. I didn't enjoy I mean, I'm that. I'm pretty sure the point of that is that light moves quicker than sound. So yeah, you see the explosion. Not and that then long. You it's not it coming later. from the fucking moon. It was in slow motion, Ben. I don't care. It was two minutes. Also, just to be clear, it's a film about a bomb. 
So of course it's going to be loud. I mean, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was impressive how like through sound effects, literally they can make the whole room vibrate. And I won't. and and I like how that scene in particular, they kind of really built up and layered up the music and the sound effects and the speech, and it all got layered and built and built and built. And for me, the drive of the film and the dynamics of the film are because of the sound. Like that is what is pushing you through the film more than the story is. It's really driving it. And I thought that was really clever. And then I like how it cuts out and does and sort of cuts out the sound and then puts it back in again. And that was great. For me, the problem was the sound mixing. So that's the second the level we've seen in a while. Like the Spider-Verse one also had bad mixing. I mean, I think it? cinemas are a bit shit nowadays, to be honest. Yes, they are. But also watch it at home when you've got an OLED, no. much better. But also Nolan is known for this. Like, if you remember the third Batman film with Tom Hardy as what's his face? With the, with the mask Bane. on. Bane. With the mask on, you couldn't hear Come what on. he was saying. And this is quite similar. Like the the characters, you don't really hear their dialogue that well, and it's covered up by the music a lot of the time. Which I'm sure means, you know, you don't have to know exactly what they're saying because the music, again, is giving you the sense of the emotion and the mood. But I want to hear the words. Mm. And it really annoys me when I can't hear the words. So the sound mixing for me was was a bit all over the place. Um, but I enjoyed the use of the sound. I enjoyed the drive of the sound. I thought that was clever. I like that. Did you need a whole hour of him going, I'm not a communist. I'm not a communist. Are you a communist? No, a communist. I mean, I'm the whole film could have been an hour and a half, not three. Like it was, it was long. It felt self-indulgent. It did not need to be as long as it was. I like how it was made, but it just needed to be cut and edited better to make it a bit yeah. shorter. We've uh, there's a new rule I've got. I'm not going to the cinema if it's over two hours. If it's over two hours, it has to be something really special. Honestly, what? I think that's I think that's fine. Films don't need to be three hours. If they're doing, if they're three Some hours, do Avatar? No. Like I think they, if they're if they're doing a film that's over two hours, they should put a break in it. And they're like, oh, it's going to ruin the flow. No, me needing a piss after two hours is going to need like it's going to get rid of the flow. But and you're then I'm going to have stuff. a flow in the middle of the film. Exactly, but like you can have a break in there so I don't miss anything, or I'm going to get up and go and piss. I'm not having three hours. I'm. You're such an old man. Who holds the like? Who like? Because they provide you with loads of drinks in normal cinemas, not this nice bougie one. But like most cinemas, they give you this yeah giant bucket of you know of drink, and then they also give you uh, salty popcorn to kind of make you really thirsty, so that you drink it all. And then after about an hour, you're like, I am about to burst. Like normally, I undo my belt in the cinema because I'm like, it's going to push on my bladder. That's called capitalism. <laughs> well, that's true. We're going to make you spend money. Well, they should definitely have a... That would make even more money if they have a break in the middle of them because people will go out and... Well, buy even more Buy popcorn. even more popcorn. Yeah, like I've run out. Oh, there's a... There's a thing there. Sure, sure, Ben. Well, that was Oppenheimer. I liked it. You did not. I you think you came out a lot less enthusiastic and you've suddenly decided to like it. No, I wasn't enthusiastic at the time. No. I've, I actually haven't read any reviews of Oppenheimer. Hmm. Um, no, I did like the film. I just... It was long like absolutely and i said that at the time and i agree with that i stand by that mm. see i'd rather watch a three-part docu uh like documentary on oppenheimer that includes like real footage of him and real footage of Bobby. the court hearings so you know i'm like i want to see the real thing i don't want to see an artist interpretation i think maybe that's you appreciate the artistry of the cinema because yes. i'm like i want facts and stuff boring no documentaries are far superior no 
and also documentaries are full of filmmaking. So you can still appreciate the artistry of a documentary. Yeah, and there's some there's some like Senna that's that works perfectly. Docu films. They should they should have made it a docu film, shouldn't they? Documentary, same thing. But like a a, a mix, a fancy documentary. Sure. Okay, so what was the other one that we saw? It's some shit gay crap based on a based on a book. Heartstopper. No, <laughs> I mean that also works. Well, um, no, I think no, Heartstopper Heart was cute. Heartstopper was cute. It was just incredibly unrealistic. Well, maybe in your years, but people these days, like I used to be a teacher and I used to have students who were quite young and they would, they would use like, I would get them to kind of, they were a 13 year old or whatever, and they had to like create comics or they had to create their own stories and stuff. And they would include like gay characters and like all this stuff. They weren't gay, but they were just wanted to, you know, they understood that that was part of life yeah, now that's called allyship that's yeah, fine that's true so i that. think people are a lot more open and accepting than maybe you when you were a kid so i think that yeah i, I got bullied to shit so like you everyone know, else should no not everyone else should but it's just incredibly unrealistic to have one small group of friends in a school that like miraculously represent every single color of the rainbow <laughs> like no that's just that it's not that lucky um, it was very sweet, but also there was no shagging in it. And I do not wish to see young boys shagging, but like, come on. Like th- that's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. They should have been all over each other if they're that mm. in love. And then like, oh, I just have a kiss and hold hands. When did you first have sex? Oh, like 27. Um, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, it wasn't in school. Um, mm. but still like if you're, I don't know. It's the whole thing was not realistic. It was very sweet. I appreciated the first season a lot more than the second season. It was just a whole lot of like, oh, I think I love you. I'm like, no, I need some drama in this. The biggest drama was the teachers getting it on. Oh, you just because you liked them. Thank God someone got it on. Uh, yeah, no, I think it it failed in the same way that Prison Break did for me as well. Like the first Prison Break yeah. and Heartstopper. Yeah, they are both. They both got like a great kind of idea for season one. Prison Break, they're escaping prison. Heartstopper, they're two gay guys coming together in a school and then they get together and that should be it. And then happily ever after. And then it's like, oh, we need a second season because it was really popular. Like, I, I don't know what they're like. What was the point of that second season? The guy, I don't know. Uh, he the, spent like six episodes being like, I think I want to come out. I'm like, just fucking do it then. Like, it's so obvious Everyone in that school already knows. Everyone in that school is gay. Exactly. Or LGBTQI+. They're all all queer in some way. So you're going to fit right in, mate. Just let it out. There were 200 people in my year at school. And there were... Actually, interestingly enough... I say interesting enough. Two trans, one gay. (laughs) I was the only gay. Of course you were. There were more trans people than gay people in my year. Great. I don't know if that... Yeah, I I feel like that is maybe unusual. I think it, well, it was in our day. Yeah, the old men that we are. And one, and one of my, uh, one of the trans um, students, she is. She's got a million, over a million subscribers on Pornhub right now. Love that for her. It's incredible. Love that for her. Very talented. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that was where were we talking? Heartstopper. Well, that was Heartstopper. <laughs> but I but didn't then... hate it. I think after seeing Red, White, and Royal Blue, it made me appreciate Heartstopper more. Heartstopper is very cute and it's nice representation for 
younger viewers. Are you trying um, to say if someone's older than 30 and likes Heartstopper, they should reevaluate their life? No, that's okay. you putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I think you can still enjoy it and appreciate it. But? But. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not realistic. Well, it it's to nice be. to like, relive your youth. But... Yeah, but that's meant... Now there is Oppenheimer. Well. <laughs> now there is Barbie. Neither now there is red, white, and fucking blue. Oh, jeez. You were getting angry watching that. Honestly, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been angrier at a film. I don't think I've ever seen a film as bad as that. Don't, you're gonna set the, the fans on after you. Bring it. It was like we were genuinely like laughing at past, but there was bits where I'm like, "This is gonna happen," and it did. It was just so oh, obvious, it's so obvious, so cliched, so stereotyped. Just but people, people would say that it's not stereotypes. How is that not stereotypes? Like the characters are not the you know really effeminate kind of. Not all gays are effeminate, Ben. Exactly. So it's not a stereoty- stereotype. No, like the fucking stereotyped British toff. A, like oh. royal guy and then the party boy american and it's like oh i don't think i can be gay because the country won't let me well go into hiding then like i i, I can't be bothered people say it is megan and harry the start the movie but they're gay that's generous <laughs> <laughs> like hmm. that film made me embarrassed to be british and gay if that's what people think that gay british men are like Count me out. Mm. I'm not. I don't want to be part of that. So this is also based on a book as well. And this is on Amazon. I'm sure the book is better, slightly. Um, and we haven't read it, so maybe mm. it is amazing, and we should go and read it and whatever. But as a film, it was. It wasn't even well made. It was not well acted. I didn't like anybody in that film. Everyone was miscast. Uh, yeah, Uma Thurman. Like Uma Thurman's Uma accent. Thurman's deranged accent i don't know what that was even i was like mm, that's a bit much stephen fry coming in as a homophobic king when he's super camp and i'm like this doesn't work well, at all he said he'd, he quite enjoyed that but yeah no um just I, none of the characters were well written it was badly shot it was like gr- sorry am i, am I too loud spitting into the microphone sorry there you go well i'm spitting some angry um it was like pretty much all green screen and just looked fake and cheap all the way through just badly made like they they looked great naked no i mean you barely saw it naked i want to make love to you i want to make love to you and then the hand slowly on the back of it like easing him in i'm like no Mm -hmm. no not how that works representation of bum sex no you don't have, there's no like, well, actually, let's not go there. Uh, especially not on video. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't like it. I don't like films. And it, I really hate it when it's really, really obvious what's going to happen. It's one of the reasons why I didn't like The Greatest Showman. I, I turned it off with 10 minutes to go because I'm like, this is very obvious what's going to happen. So this was just the same. But uh, some people are like, oh, there's, it was meant to be three hours and they cut it down to two. But I thought it was quite boring. So I'm like, they were like, oh, release I was more bored in that than I was in Oppenheimer. Genuinely. I didn't fall asleep in that. But there were hot guys in it. They weren't. Yeah, you don't like that either. No, I didn't find any of them attractive. And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are going to watch it and just be thirsty. And I'm like, no. 
Yeah, I think there is a bit, a bit where it's like we're there's LG, there's good LGBT representation out there, so let's not just enjoy something just because it has LGBT represented like good LGBTQI plus representation. Just because it has that doesn't give it extra points. Well, yeah, like it's great that we have that representation and that we can have a rom com that is two gay men. That's a lovely thing. But should we settle for that? No. People have not spent years going through fucking gay liberation and equality to watch two basic white men like vaguely make out with one another. I'm not that. No, it was shallow and vapid. (laughs) The worst for me, vapid. the worst for me was right at the end when it's like, what's the cheering? There's there's people outside gathering. Literally, I was like, if there is a fucking rainbow flag and then there's a sea of them and I'm like, that would never, ever happen in this country. No. Fuck off. Yeah, but maybe oh, some people just want it. people just want to like to get out of you know reality and to have this nice fairy tale world. No, you don't. No, okay, it's not for you. It's really not for me. And I I read an article that said the American guy hadn't commented on his speculation, but apparently the British guy was straight. I don't know. And then another person said that he hadn't commented on it either. I don't know. Well, do you and think that's why the gay bum sex wasn't realistic? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. But are we really? In... He did not douche before that. No, he's British. He's got a tight ass. They I'm saying nothing. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. You could even squeak it in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But what do you think about non-LGBT characters? We we don't know about them. But like, what do you think about non-LGBT characters playing LGBT uh, non-LGBT I actors mean... playing LGBT characters? <laughs> I've not prepared for this topic. No, it's a very... Um, it's tricky because the thing is, one of my favourite gay films is Brokeback Mountain, which is two straight men. Um, that was of its time, though, I guess. It was of its time. And I... It's tricky because I have, like, I have a lot of friends who are actors and I feel like at the end of the day, it is acting and it's your job as an actor, no matter what your sexuality, to be able to play a character. Um... But the question is, how authentic can you do that if you're not of that identity? Mm. Um, And I feel like as an actor, you should be able to do that. It's more a case of there needs to be enough roles and enough openness in terms of auditions to allow everybody to audition for certain roles. Yeah. It shouldn't just be like, oh, we've got this Oscar film, so we need to have specific actors. It should be, well, let's open the pool and give everyone equal chance of, you know, auditioning and applying or whatever yeah and then the best people get that who can do that as authentically as possible and if that means you get particularly good straight actors or if they happen to be gay i actually don't mind to yeah. be honest no i'm exactly the same as you um but i'm still baffled why those two were picked well i think they were picked for their because they were cheap probably well i think there ain't no budget in that film come <laughs> on amazon put some money into the gays will you i mean they, they pay a lot for their social media but they i mean they weren't there they weren't there for their acting really maybe it's because i mean they were hot well the american guy was definitely hot they were not for me the british guy you know well we're not here to judge people on what they look like but no we're here to judge them on their acting ability and they failed at that so what else are we left with (laughs) nothing well that was red white and blue (laughs) anything else we want to shit don't watch it honestly Um, don't i'm sorry i I did check out just our opinions we are just too grumpy white men don't listen to us i did go i did look on um twitter and it seems to be people absolutely love it or they hate it 
And there were people that like loved the book and just going like, somebody said, oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> Someone replied like, no, honey, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like, no, honey. It was like, I've just seen no. it. Oh, like, yeah, I was something like, Babe, yeah, I've just no. seen it. I've just seen it. And honey, it's not good. <laughs> honey, honey, no, no. So, yeah, I just, oh, come on. There's got to be some good. Film. I think maybe I just don't like films because the last the, yeah, well, Gran Turismo either. We are, we are. This is, this is a very obvious thing for you. Yes, you don't like films. And I think it's going to become my life's mission to turn that around. I am determined to take you to a cinema and no. for you to have a positive experience. And it's not going to be Barbie that we're going to go and see soon because I know you're probably not going to like it. But I'm I'm determined to find something that you like. Well, there's the Curzon Theatre that do documentaries. So be it. I'll go to a cinema where they serve food and gin and cocktails and put a documentary on. I, one of my favourite films was seeing Man on Wire. You ever seen that? No. It's, uh, who's the, it's a, there's a very famous director. It's about a person that crosses the, um, the Twin Towers on a tightrope. That sounds horrific. Yeah, I mean, it was terrifying. Um, it was by, no, Simon Chin. No. James Marsh. Philip Petit. It's a director. Blah, blah. It's yeah. It's on the. It's about the 1974 high wire walk between the twin towers in New York. But um, yeah, it was really good, and it was a bit of a docu film. If you say so, man. Anyway, this is about video games. I know we always do this. Ah, so apologies if anybody's tuned in, been like, "Oh, great episode 100 of Swapping Joysticks." It's all about video games, and we're over 30 minutes in, and we haven't yet spoken about video games. We just talk about whatever the it is lgbt maybe we should call it lgbtqi plus culture podcast no no it's just yet another podcast of two gays wittering on yeah (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't be a a gay podcast without rambling (laughs) about stuff they hate about Uh, bitching and moaning and whining but if anybody's like lasted this long then it will be uh a miracle so if you thank you for sticking with us and if you loved those films or those TV shows, good. I'm really happy for I am, you. Yeah. I'm happy that you found joy where we could not because our lives are so miserable that we can't sympathize with that. No. I do, also, I don't think I like real life events that are made. Oh, no, because I like Dunkirk. Anyway, never mind. Um, okay. Video games. What have you been playing? Should we, go, should we get rid of the thing that you hate to start with? What's that? Kenna. Oh, I'm not talking about that. You need shit. to you need to talk about it. No, I don't. You do. You you gave me a great little description and a, a well, rundown of it. It's only because you agree with me for once. Yeah, it makes a nice change. Like I'm done with it. I've played it for two streams and I'm out. That's maybe three, four hours in total. Um because stream is full of chat beforehand. Um it's not a good game. It's really not a good game. And I'm annoyed because I really wanted to play it when it came out. Because I thought, oh, it's this sort of Zelda-y fantasy action adventure type thing with puzzles. And it looks really cute. And I really wanted to play it. It's finally come to PS Plus. So I thought, great, I can finally play this. It's not a good game. It's just not good. It is beautiful. It looks like a Pixar film. The rot characters are incredibly cute. 
You get my little I hats. I liked putting hats on them. That was lovely. Um, so it looks did nice. You, did also, you intentionally pull down your t-shirt that says you're basic when you said putting little hats on it? Wow. You put hats on it? Wow. Um, the music's good. I actually really, really like the music in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very nicely done. Gameplay is boring as shit. Like, it's just... Go here, collect the three things, and it's just really basic structure, and combat sucks. Sucks. Um, it's got the annoying... It feels like Horizon, in that it's got the annoying thing of, like, trying to aim your bow, and it just misses, like, mm. a lot of the time, because the characters are moving just as you, just as you aim, and, like, the aiming just feels too... Finickety for some reason. Um, finicky, that's what I mean. As opposed to pernickety. Uh, too finicky. And it's things like when you when you dodge and that there's that magnetic attraction of, oh, you didn't time it quite right and so you get hit anyway. And I'm like, I just, I don't think I've ever rage quit a game. You like deleted I literally the just, game on stream. I literally just switched off and deleted it and and raided someone. I'm, I'm not playing that ever again. I'm not touching it. Don't understand how you managed to get to the end of the game. I mean, I played it on easy mode. I mean, I didn't. Maybe that's why. Yeah, why didn't you just switch it down to easy? Because I'd, I'd had my fill. Well, and I did not want any more. Things I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I did not enjoy it. I, I finished it because I wanted to and I'd started it. And this was when I was streaming pretty much like eight hours every day. So I had the time and I did it in like two streams. But oh my God, it's just, I just found it really repetitive the combat was all the same. It just went on way longer than it should have done. And that final boss, so I even put it on easy. And this final boss, it had like three stages. And if you died at any of those, you had to redo the entire thing. But not just the boss, but the kind of the platforming bit before it. So you have to do this really annoying, really finicky platforming where there's a there's actually a, a video as a clip of me throwing my controller on the floor. I, I do remember that clip, yeah. Because there was a button and like, I had to jump from something and then turn and then jump and, and like kind of grapple hook another thing. But if you, the way I was doing, the way the controls were just so like, yeah, finicky that you ended up like slamming down into the ground instead of actually, yeah, and, and then falling into the abyss. And then I remember facing the boss and I think I might have died at the start because it was quite tricky and I was like, okay, I, I get it now a bit. Then fought it a second time. I think I died at the beginning of that or in like stage two. But then stage three, I got it down to almost gone. Like literally 99% of the health had gone. And it yeeted me like outside of the arena. And so I was outside the arena and I couldn't fight it. And it was just sat there in the middle of this arena. And I think there were flames around it. And I was on the outside and it wouldn't let me pass because it had glitched me outside of it. Ugh. And I had to do the entire thing again. I was I was so angry. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't. It's not worth this kind of effort because it's not no. that good. No, like it's 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 pretty and it sounds nice, but it's otherwise incredibly basic and it does not warrant playing. It would have made a really good five-hour game. I mean, I've played it three, and I've seen. I feel like I've seen everything that there is in it. But everything that there was in, they could have maybe condensed it into five hours of kind of exciting stuff, or maybe even less than that. Four. Yeah. And then, be, and you'd have left it and gone. You know what? That was, that was cool. That was enjoyable. But they, yeah, no, it's it's a no from me. 
<sighs> not interested. Well, let's talk about games you, and things you do well, like. Well, I know. I should try and find something I'd like this week. Um, Baldur's Gate. Um, I've had a bit of a revelation with that. Oh. Which kind of applies to gaming overall, which maybe I should have done for Kenna. Um, so, as we talked about last week, it's a really tricky game to get into. Neither of us have really done much D&D. Um, so, just... The combat, especially for me, was just a real brick wall. I found it really difficult to get past it and to try and understand it and and knowing all the different terminology. And I just kept dying at combat again and again and again. And ultimately, what I want from this game is to enjoy the story, appreciate the characters and bang everyone. That's all I want from this game. I don't really care about combat that much. Um... But I kept getting stuck on combat encounters that just made it really difficult to get past. And then I just wasn't enjoying the story as much. And I thought, I really want to like this game because I'm seeing all these amazing stories that people have got about it and people enjoying it. And I'm like, I want to be part of this. Like, I want to keep playing it. So I dropped it to easy mode. It's not easy mode. It's adventurer mode. And I mean, same, same. Or advent- it's- it means easy. But. It just means because that, that you can... Because normal and you were playing on hard. Well, it just means that you can focus on the story. Yeah. Because that's what it says. It's, it says, you know, this is a mode to focus on story, not combat. Yeah. And as soon as I dropped it, suddenly I achieved so much more in like a couple of hours in one evening than I had in a week of playing it elsewhere. I've actually finished quests. I've actually banged someone at long last. And in the game. Yeah. At long last, it's happened. Um... <laughs> So that's good. And I've completed some quests and I've actually moved on and progressed. And I feel like, okay, I actually get what this game is trying to do now, mm-hmm. which I really like. So I feel like I'm a lot more in it now and I'm invested. And combat is still a little bit tricky. I have died on a couple of occasions anyway, but not too far in. And it's been a case of, okay, well, now I'll restart that, but I'll come up with a different approach or, you know, I'm experimenting a little bit more now as opposed to just, I don't understand what I'm doing and why. Which is nice. So I'm I'm much more invested than I was a week ago. And I'm enjoying it. I want to stick with it. There are so many games coming out in the next couple of weeks that I might end up putting it on the back burner for a bit. But I'm really enjoying it. I don't understand how some people have finished it already. Yeah. Which is wild. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm it's a I really enjoyed it. I've not played it much at all since last week. And because I've been obsessed with another game, but th- it's like, yeah, you're right. It's a hundred hour game and I don't know if I have that time for spare now. And it's like, do I commit and play loads of this and then end up falling off it and just kind of wasting it? I don't know. Is that worth it? Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get rid of my backlog first and then I might go and... You've been playing a brand new game, Ben. It was on my backlog <laughs> after playing the demo. For like a minute. Yeah, so the main game I've been playing this week is Pikmin 4. And this is my first ever Pikmin game. I've never played a previous one. Have you? So I've played Pikmin 2, which was on the GameCube. Yeah. I never played Pikmin 1, which was the launch game for the GameCube. Mm. And I remember the reviews coming up saying, this game is, it got like a sort of 7 out of 10 kind of vibe. And people saying, this is a really good game, really interesting, but it's too short. Yeah, this one isn't. Yeah. And so I never played the first one because I thought I don't want to spend at that age. It was like 60 quid for a game when I had a tenner a week of pocket money or whatever Mm. or tenner a month. 
So it was going to take me ages to save up. And I just thought I'm I'm not ready to yeah. sort of waste my money on a really short game. But then I play Pikmin 2, which develops it a lot more and is generally considered the best one. Yeah. But maybe not now. Oh, uh, no, this is brilliant. This is a five out of five on Eurogamer as well. It is. And yeah, it's cool. It used You've got various maps and all you have are Pikmin and Pikmin are your little minions and you send them around and they go and collect things for you and you harvest these things or you collect these various items around the world. So it's it's set on like Earth. Well. But it's like, is it is Earth? It? Because there are like these little, the characters that you play are these little, small, little, dumpy, round, weird, little kind of Animal Crossing looking characters with their space helmets and then there's all these other things so i like i think it's i don't know if it's earth or an earth-like planet i mean i've been in like it's not a spoiler because it's in the first mission but you're in like a house and i'm like is it like a parallel universe or something like that because it, it, i don't know it just i'm still quite still working out i think i've not i don't know the law of pikmin so maybe yeah it's and obvious. i think from the first game i think it's always been it's spacemen exploring an alien planet. Yeah. But the thing is, is that all the stuff that you're collecting, a lot of the little collectible things are like human objects. Yes. So there's always been that weird crossover, I think, throughout the series of it's an alien world, but actually it's Earth. It's Earth. Yeah. And I think it kind of always has been Earth. Um, but you're seeing but it through the eyes of a... Of, of someone from yeah. another planet. So I think, yeah, it's always had that. But you, you will need to go check your... Your Pikmin lore. I will. And like, yeah, the things that I'm picking up and stuff are very much Earth things. But yeah, where are the humans? I have not seen any humans yet. Um, And the character, yeah, so I think we're the aliens, but we're, yeah, it's it's cool. But anyway, these, yeah, but these Pikmin exist in this, in Earth, but like Pikmin don't exist in real life. Don't they? Maybe Pikmin is like a, you know, a, a not a euphemism, is a, a metaphor for something. Who knows? But anyway, you go and collect these Pikmin. They go and they you get the Pikmin and you use them to kind of solve puzzles to collect certain treasures and other items to kind of... Yeah, you start off with like 10 Pikmin and then eventually you can get, I think, up to 100. Um, but yeah, I've just been obsessed with it. Like at each area you I can... I can concur. Yeah, yeah. You got <laughs> upset at me earlier because I was like, no, I'm playing this game. And you went to the shops. Yeah. Um, which is fair. But I'm like... But also, like, you get quite addicted sometimes to games, and we have dinner at 10 p.m. sometimes, and that's fine. That's fine. All right. No need to bring it into the podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm like going to drag you. No. But it, wow. like, Pikmin is, yeah, each area you can 100% by collecting, like, all the items, doing all the caves, because that's where they have these little kind of levels, um, which have got some really cool moments in them. And also, like, you collect... I think they're called tom- and they're called onions, but they look very much like tomatoes with a little daisy on the top. And they allow you to produce Pikmin of different colors or allow you to take out more Pikmin into the world. And yeah, they've just got these various different ones. You've got like fire ones, you've got ice. Ice will freeze water if you've got enough. And you, know, you just have to kind of think logically about these puzzles and how you can work out um like yeah just looking at it logically and how to collect these items and that's pretty much it really but the entire the whole thing is you're trying to not just collect items but you're collecting people because there's been an expedition 
at the start, you, a guy crash lands on the planet, and then they send a rescue mission after him, which also crashes. So you have to kind <laughs> of, of course it does. Yeah, so you have to kind Thanks, of Nintendo. collect all those people, and you find there are lots of other people that have crash landed some for some reason, and what in hunting the original explorer, and hunting, hunting as in like trying to find them, rescuing, rescuing, yeah, yeah, hunting, <laughs> hunting them down. And yeah, so I've just been wandering around there. There, there are loads of side missions. Like it's just like a complete collectathon. It's like, hey, you need to collect the all the uh, I don't know fruits of the earth or sweets of the earth, and it's all kind of like sweet vegetables and various things. And there's jigsaw puzzles, and there's a whole like tarot card set that you have to kind of collect. And then there's like, oh, this group of music students has gone missing. Collect all of those people, and yeah. So there's all of that, and it's really. Like seeing the number go up each time, I'm like, oh, I need to go and do that and that. And I've never once got stuck. And there's always somewhere where I can go. And if there's a bit, I'm like, I don't think I can do this yet. Then you, the chances are you can't do that yet. Mm. But there's so many other areas you can go to um, to either help you with that or make it a lot easier. And then at night they have night missions, which apparently is new. Yes. Glow so yeah, the way it works in the old games. Uh, from the very beginning, which they've slowly expanded on, is that everything happens in a day. Because at night, that's when the creatures come out onto the planet. Yeah. And the Pik Pikmin have to um, have to escape. Otherwise, so, they'll get eaten. Yeah. So it's always been this sort of day-night cycle, but you're limited to just the daytime, and it's like a time uh, limit. Yeah, so this there is a time limit in the day, which is interesting because you go into these caves, which are like uh, dungeons, and I think the time is like one-eighth of what it is in the world so you can just wander around the world and the time goes kind of quickly and then it's finished and you just have to kind of make sure all your pitmen around you when you're being taken away it's not too bad um but yeah at night so you get taken away but there are some night ones because you're collecting you're rescuing these people but some of them have been turned into like leaf leafy people like oh. all their faces are leaves and they f the cure can only be collected at night by these like oh. anthill type things. However, these anthill things are, it's pretty much like a tower defense. It's like a tower defense, but not, you're not building any defense. You can set like your dickin, which is your dog chicken. It's like a dog with two legs. Excuse me? Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. So you can get, maybe get him to kind of like, to uh, like protect the anthill. But you go around and you have to kind of, there are waves of enemies coming at you and you just have to attack them and kill them and, and fend them off. Which has been fine. Like I've died. Like not. I've never ever lost one, but it is quite intense. And like the difficulty is going up a little bit now. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll end up losing because they do. I but I don't know. I'm just finding it a little trickier now. And I'm wondering if I could feel like these are either you beat them easily and they don't attack your anthill, or you die and it's a complete absolute mess. You're dicking. Dickin, I've called it a dickin. And is that official law? No, it's it looks like a dog, but it's got two legs like a chicken, so I call it a dickin. Wow. And it's Aochi, I think it's called Aochi, Ouchi, Ochi, Ochi. Oh, you're talking about Ochi the dog? Yeah, it's a dickin. It's only got two legs. Does it? Yeah. It doesn't have a nose. I know that much. It has no nose. How does it smell? Well, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> um. It's only only got two legs. Yeah. I feel like I need to see a picture now. Yeah, yeah. Only two legs, that dickin. 
And yeah, so you can ride that and it can re- help you. It's a great... Ride the Dickin. Ride the Dickin. And it's your mount. Um, also, you can use it kind of to charge enemies. It's really good fun. And that's another thing as well. Like the controls in the game is are brilliant. I've never once been kind of frustrated with it. Oh my God, you're right. He's only got two legs. Did you never notice that? I've never noticed that until right now. Wow. That is bizarre. <laughs> no nose and two legs. I just I just assumed it's a dog. It's got four legs. Nope. It's a dickin. That's hey, Ochi. I now hate it even more. <laughs> but yeah, that's Ochi. And yeah, you do that. There's I mean there's I could talk for more about like the various different things in there. There is one dungeon, and if anybody's played this, they'll know. Or I keep calling dungeon. They're called caves. There's one cave where I was taking my time, wandering around, mm-hmm. and they were like, they dropped an enemy in there and was like, hurry up. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was getting Resident Evil 2 Mr. X vibes Uh-oh. being hunted. And I was like, this is terrifying. And um, yeah, and if anybody's played that, I, it was brilliant. Um, it wasn't as bad as Doctor X, but it, Mister X, but it was uh, on Nemesis. But it was it was really really good. It was really cool. And there's lots of these caves. They've all got their own little mechanics that they teach you. There might be some pick, different types of Pikmin in these that you can then you can find, and then obviously you can add them and use them in the real world or in the world outside of the cave. And it's just really fun to play the controls are great uh it's quite easy to scoop on scoop them all up because you ride your dick in and then they all attach they all like grab onto his fur mm-hmm. and the best thing is like getting like loads and loads of pikmin on on ochi and you just charge an enemy and then they just automatically whenever you charge something they all just immediately like leap on it and attack it mm-hmm. so you see their health just go down to zero because there's like they've got 80 pikmin yeah, and yeah. killing them at the same time just really, really good fun. And the ice ones, if you like use a certain amount, like a certain amount of ice Pikmin on an enemy, it'll freeze them so you can get some attacks. And just really, just fun. A fun game to play that's got interesting, a really interesting story. Like the cutscene, the little, the dialogue that you have between each day. Some quite interesting ones. Um, they've got quite some sassy characters in there. And yeah, it's just really fun game really cute i i'm 100 percenting it which i've not done in a game for a long long time like i think i could probably i think you can easily main line it to just get to the end and i could have probably done that maybe 10 hours ago um but i'm just whizzing all through. i'll say is that there is a lot more than you think there is no don't say that because i want other, to play other games i've got dave the diver and zelda There's to finish a lot more Oh, from well. from from my colleagues who have played it, there is a lot more. Brilliant. I am also going to play it. It's going to be my next stream game, I think, mm. um, because I really want to play it as well. You and should do because I think it might be something that we talk about with the game. Of I the think year later. it absolutely will be because I I really enjoyed two. You're really enjoying this. Um, it's had great reviews, Pikmin four, um, mm-hmm. across the board. Except with so, Edge. Oh really? Seven. Oh, so it's terrible. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I think it's going to be definitely one to to talk about later. So I will absolutely play that. Um, Just as I will also play some more Dave the Diver. Because I've started a little bit of that. And I like it so far. I think it's interesting to see the different elements of 
the game and how they all interweave the different sort of structures of it and it just sort of keeps giving you new ideas and it weaves into the existing systems and that's really clever so i will definitely keep playing that and it's a nice game to play on bit. on the steam deck it is i would wait a little bit because they're doing a there's a big quality of life update coming soon so i think you might want to wait until that because they are getting Maybe. rid of the button bash button mashing yeah i don't like that no i think, don't think anybody does no um, but yeah, so I think there is a, they announced it like 11 days ago. So I'm like, where is it? Um, but look out for that update because that might just make it a bit more enjoyable. Good. Um, but there's one more game you've played. Yes, that I reviewed. Yes. <laughs> Which I also suddenly remember yeah. in the middle of all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I played it last week, but I reviewed it. Um, also reviewed it last week. Uh, which went up, which is Stray Gods, a role-playing musical. Which You love both of those. I love musicals and role-playing i love role-playing i love video games it's all my favorite things thrown in together unfortunately those things do not go together and for me it really doesn't work which is a real shame because i really really wanted to like this game i was really excited about it because it's it's the first time that a game narrative has been sort of presented as a musical as an interactive musical like it's it's totally unique and as an experience that's great and is worth celebrating, but I just don't think it works as a game or as a musical. Um, essentially, it is the story of Grace, a young woman who witnesses a murder, and that murder is a muse or a Greek muse, and Grace then ends up taking on the power of a muse. And she gets accused of this murder by the Greek gods living in in present day, current day. Um, but the Greek gods are living in hiding. They've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, so she then has the power of a muse and has to use that to find the real murderer. So essentially, it's just a murder mystery. It's actually a really simple story. But with the power of a muse, she can use that to inspire and evoke song from people so when she speaks to people um she can sort of evoke her powers and uh it causes a musical number to happen so effectively it just works like a like a visual novel um and you make dialogue choices as as it continues as you would in any visual novel and that's fine the choices aren't particularly meaningful you can make a few decisions along the way but nothing is massively impactful the main decision making comes during the songs. So the song will be happening. Um, characters are singing, music's happening. And then it comes up with a dialogue wheel, just as it does in the, in the sort of speech spoken dialogue. But it's in time with the music and you have like a countdown and you've got to try and make mm. your decision in time with the music. And the decision you make will then steer the direction of the song, be that the dialogue, the melody, the harmony, the style, the genre all those things kind of change depending on the choices you make. So this music is constantly evolving, which on the one hand is really clever the way that they do it. It sort of, it flows um, sort of naturally like a conversation, like dialogue. And I think if you really go back and analyze it, you can hear and understand little melodies and bits and pieces that recur, but it's all very subtle. Um, The way that it's sort of, combined to sort of reflect different emotions in the music and that's really good um the music is austin wintry who wrote journey the music for that which won lots of awards i think um 
The writing is David Gader, who wrote Dragon Age. And the cast is like most of The Last of Us. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, Laura Bailey, Mel Dandridge. Um, and the day got Alicia Day. Um, loads of other really, really good actors in it. They all sing. Do they sing, though? Well. Oh. <laughs> so they they sing they speak their lines and then they sing the songs um the problem for me is that this musical dialogue doesn't work as a song because a song that you have in a musical or even in an opera if you want to go back to opera um opera is comprised of recitative and aria recitative what's a recitative so recitative is essentially musical dialogue so it's when they're like, hello, I am here and this is what I'm doing. And it's like s- sort of giving you dialogue and explanations of things, but through singing. Then you have an aria, which is effectively a song, which is pausing on an idea or an emotion and exploring that in a song. And that's the same as what you get in a musical. You know, musicals generally are dialogue and then it breaks through a musical number. And that musical number is not always telling a story it's kind of just focusing on an idea um that that pauses on it and and explores it musically and so to do that you have to have structure you have to have repetition um if you think of a musical song generally you've got verses and choruses and you have repeating ideas and repeating tunes and motifs and so you settle in that mood for a song but with this game because you're constantly making choices it doesn't settle so it's constantly changing and you get these little fragments of melody and fragments of ideas, but it's they don't really recur in an obvious typical structure. So it's constantly moving. So it sort of feels like it's constant recitative, but without giving you that aria, without giving you that song to like mm. to, to something to grasp onto. So in some ways it's really clever, but it just doesn't it doesn't feel satisfying as a musical because these are not songs that I want to go and listen to. And I think it's not always clear what your choices are going to give you musically. So if you go back and listen to it and listen to all the different possible strands, you can be like, oh, okay, now I understand the full web of what's being composed here. But in your one playthrough with sort of linear and you just see your one bit of music, it just doesn't really make sense. And I just didn't enjoy that. It's also just missing a sense of theatricality. Like you go to the theatre to watch live singers and to watch stagecraft but this is all done through static hand-drawn graphic novel-y kind of visuals that the singing is literally just sort of arms out, mouth open, I'm emoting because I'm singing. And it just doesn't give you the sense of what the actor is really conveying with their face, with their voice. There's none of that. And so you're reliant purely on the voices and you're like listening to that just to give you a sense of emotion. And I feel like as much as the cast are clearly very talented actors, they have been chosen for their acting more than their singing. So it's a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to singing. Some of them are good. Troy Baker, I think, has actually got quite a good voice. He used to be in a rock band as well. Okay. Um, you can go. He's got albums on online you can go listen to. So he's got quite a nice sort of like rock voice, sort of breathy, husky rock voice that fits well with the character he plays. Um, Mel Dandridge has an amazing voice. She plays Aphrodite. Uh, she's got a brilliant voice. Loved her. Um, and there are other bits where, like, there's a song where there's, like, a minotaur that's trying to profess his love and he really can't and he's cockney and it's kind of not good singing, but, like, it's sort of not meant to be, so it's funny and it fits. 
But a lot of the other singing just doesn't feel strong enough to carry the music. Um, you know, when the music is constantly changing genre, you need singers that can really work with that and can mold their voice in different ways. And I just don't think the cast are quite strong enough singers to really pull it off. So it's a shame because it's such a good idea and I really, really wanted to like it. I really wanted it to work. But I just feel like gaming and musicals that just doesn't doesn't quite go together for me, unfortunately. No. I love music in games, but it, like music in games. I love music when it's a part of a game like Res Infinite or mm. Thumper or Tetris Effect. But that kind of effect, that kind of music, or Prapper the Rapper, if you want to be, that kind Classic. of stuff. Yeah, but a musical, it just doesn't, yeah, it sounds like it doesn't work. No, unfortunately. For some people it did, but for me it did not. Exactly, well... We, they're not on this podcast. This is our podcast. <laughs> it's there for our opinion. Fine. And yeah. Yeah, you did seem quite disappointed when you were playing it. I was. I just, there were little snippets of bits I really liked. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice melody. And that's a really nice moment. But when I sat back and looked at it as a whole, I just thought, this has not clicked with me in a way that I really wanted it to. Mm. Which was annoying. All right. Well, should we go and see what other people have been playing? Let's. Because we are, we have been going on. And because we've got this door closed, it's getting very warm in here. It is. Right, let's see what people have been playing. We're going to start with Andromedus. Andromedus. Who says, I've been playing Spider-Man Remastered. I like it. Looks so much better than the original. Haven't gotten far, but this might be one of the few games I'll actually finish. Been wanting to play it since the remaster dropped, so I bought it the other day. I'd like to play that, actually. I, because I played the original when it first came out and loved what, it. PS4? Yeah. Yeah. But I want to play this because obviously the new one's coming out and I can't remember anything about the story other than Venom appears at the end. That's true. I mean, I played Mars Morales more recently than you did, I think. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, because I pl well, I platinumed it. You played before or after I platinumed it? Was during, it? it was after, I think, but it was during COVID that I played it. Yeah, because I played it and then I need, I saved it for like my 24-hour stream where yeah. I got, because you have to play it a second time to yes. get the platinum. So yeah, Andromedus, if you like Spider-Man, go play Mars Morales afterwards because it's definitely better. Yeah. I mean, they're both brilliant. But oh, yeah. absolutely. But Mars Morales is genuinely better, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Chaddy says, This week I've been playing Lego Lord of the Rings, which is making me want to rewatch the trilogy again. Amazing films. Yes. Great films. I have also been playing a new playthrough of Terraria. Or Terraria. Terraria? Terraria. 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 Um, love building and exploring and killing the bosses. I used to play with friends after college using Hamachi? Hamachi? To set up a server we could all join. I seem to be playing a lot of games for nostalgia at the moment. Not sure what that says about where my head is at right now, but something new seems to grab. But nothing new seems to grab me. Oh. That's fair. I mean, there's a lot of good new games out at the moment, but sometimes you just want a bit of comfort. Yeah, I t totally get that. What would your comfort game be now if you had to? If you were like sick for a bit and you weren't going to be playing a game that came out this year, what would you choose? I mean. There are a lot of games that I would like to go back and play again or finish. I mean, something like Ocarina of Time, like it's my favorite ever game. I've completed it so many times. So that for me is definitely a comfort game. Um, but also I I was thinking recently, like I'd love to carry on with Mass Effect. So yeah, I've, I've, played, I've played them all before, but when the Legendary Edition came out, I played the first one because that was the one that needed the most work. So I played that one to see what they'd done to it. But I then didn't continue that playthrough. And actually continuing through with two and three would be amazing because those games are proper comfort. Like, yeah, I've really only good. played the first one. 
Also, I've been thinking of going back to play Metal Gear Solid because the Master Chief, uh, like Master Chief, the the Master Collection. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Is yeah, it's coming out in October, November, mm-hmm. something like that. So I've been thinking about I really want to play those, but I never finished five. Oh, me neither. I, I liked it. I loved it, but I never finished it. And My I'm favorite like, bit was like, he wants you to do stealth, but if it all goes tits up, you can probably still make it. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I've been thinking I should really finish that, but it's because it's been years, I'm going to have to start it again and play through it all. Maybe I'll do that at some point hmm. if I've got time. No, you don't have time. No, I don't. I really don't. I think my nostalgia one, from maybe 10. Final Fantasy 10. Final Fantasy 10. Or if it's like a recent nostalgia one, I think I'd love to do another playthrough of Citizen Sleeper and play through the DLC as well. You need to play the DLC. I want to play all parts of the DLC and the whole game again and just relax with it because that game is brilliant. That was my game of the year last year. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you played it this year. Which is annoying (laughs) because if I played it, things are sometimes I play a game just before we do the game of the year and then that ends up being quite high because of recency bias Mm. and then some then i'm like oh and then i feel a bit guilty and then actually later on i'm like oh actually no that was brilliant it happened with night in the woods i put night in the woods as like second in that game of the year and i just played it before and looking back i'm like you know what that actually deserved it but i think this would have been i mean it would have been my number one and like even eight months later it's still it's still so good it is. I can't wait. There's a sequel as well. I know. Next year. Nice. Mr. Wibble, I've been playing Palia, which is a cute life sim with a lovely style. It's very much a mix of doing chores and finding out a bit of game lore. To me, it feels mostly like a multiplayer Disney Dreamlight Valley, but without all the annoying Disney characters. Yes, it's multiplayer, but it feels more like a shared world than one where you actually have to group up to get goals sorted. It's nice to play in some downtime, I guess. Yeah, I played... This is my real question with it. Had I played this last podcast? Yes, I think you talked about it. Um, This is my real question with it. It's just, why is it multiplayer? It... I I mean, MMO is the word that people use, and I don't... There is a shared main world, and there are people that run around, but I've not really interacted with them. There's not... You don't go on, like, quests... As far as I'm aware, so far, you don't go on quests together. Mm. There's no, like raiding or like co-op dungeons or co-op missions the only thing i found so far is that you both yeah you you can attack a tree that's lit up and you can chop it down which you can't if you're just one person but i have not i've not gone back a tree i've not gone back to in a week and maybe you're going back and then and and like continuing with the story i'll end up like if there's stuff that you have to group together like i don't know and it doesn't have to be raiding because it's obviously not combat but if it's building a certain thing in the world and maybe you yeah. have to do it collaboratively like stuff like that is cool but i don't quite get what they're trying to achieve with it at this point like i don't know send get sent somewhere like with 10 of you and you've got to kind and you've got you know 10 minutes to assemble this house and you've got to go and chop down the trees you've got to do all that and then together you go and you put it all together and then everybody gets a copy of that house that they can place somewhere or whatever like hmm. There are different things that you can do, but yeah, the, at the moment, so far, I don't know what the multiplayer part is other than someone, I think your friends can join you and like I said, Sagiso came and watered my crops. And, I bet he did. <laughs> and that's what it is so far. But I do quite like the game when you, I do like games where they have kind of a shared hub and you walk around and you're like, that's a real person just wandering around. Yeah. And it just makes you feel a little less lonely. Oh. 
Unlike Sad. Pikmin, where I'm just on my own. <laughs> Mr. Wibble has also been playing Baldur's Gate 3, and I'd not expect it to pull me in as much as it did. The story is fun to play through, the NPC dialogue is entertaining, the romancing options are decent, and decisions you make do have an effect on how the story unfolds, but also on how you experience it. If you're not too familiar with D&D, I imagine it may be hard to get into the combat side of things, yes, as the game does throw you in and expects you to understand what you're doing after reading a few short on-screen hints. Anyway, from what I've seen from other people's playthroughs on Twitch, there's a decent amount of replayability with the different classes and dialogue options the game gives you. 8 out of 10, pretty darn decent. Yeah, to me, so far, it's like it's an 8 out of 10 game. Yeah. Do you think people are blown out of the water a little bit with... Oh, not blown out of the water. People are kind of overhyping it. I'll come back to you on that. Hmm. I feel like I need to play through it more to get my own opinion to compare. Because yeah. it's like people are cheering it on being like rated the best game of all time because it's higher than... I think it's higher than... It's definitely higher than Breath of the Wild uh, on Open Critic. It's like 90... Years of the Kingdom. No, Breath of the Wild. I think oh. Breath of the Wild is 97, and this is 98. But also, a lot of reviews haven't come out yet. And that's the thing with that. It's like, okay, it's it's the highest rated game of the year on Metacritic, but also it's not had as many as many reviews. And mm-hmm. a lot of the big places, Eurogame included, have not reviewed it yet because we want to finish the game. And review code came in literally a couple of days mm-hmm. before the game was released. So I feel like critically, though, it is... An incredibly, it's an incredible game. And there are lots of people that do enjoy it. I just think there are also quite a lot of people that it's not for. Well, I, I've sort of compared it to Elden Ring in the sense of, I think it's this year's Elden Ring of a game that's going to do incredibly well and is going to bring a very specific type of game to a new audience that are either going to love it or hate it, but it will sell it really well regardless. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people probably bounced off Elden Ring because they thought, oh, fun, fancy game. Everyone's playing. I'm going to play it didn't realize how hard it is mm. and i think a similar thing is going to happen with this of people saying oh big fantasy game i really want to play this it's you know it's really hyped and not realized oh it's really strong on D and it's all about random dice rolls and all that stuff mm. and maybe they're going to bounce off it quickly which i almost did until i turned it to easy i'm glad you you switched it. i'm going to be playing it more i do Pammy does want to get it on playstation because there is cross save because I think I've played it on. I like clicking. Well, I played it with um. I played it on the Steam Deck, and it runs fine. Although I then went and followed the Digital Foundry. I think it was or somewhere that was like, use all these settings. It might. It won't have been Digital Foundry, but I, it was I, IGN. I think IGN. I followed all their settings, and I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. And then I clicked on go back to default, and it's gone horrible. So I need to look at switching everything. Oh. I need to go and maybe Digital Foundry. I've got a. I like go with they do these do. settings trust them <clears throat> so clues has played two games this week the first is i am future you woke up from your cryopod stranded on the roof of a post-apocalyptic world and so you get to work scavenging resources to survive and grow food on a roof later on you build bots to automate your tasks build bridges to other buildings to explore more and unlock a drone tower to explore even further from your base it's still in early access, but there is quite a decent amount of content to get going. Love the style. Love the whimsical nature of the game. Hmm. And also, Palia. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm still uncertain about the MM aspect of this. Yep. I guess it's mainly semantic as it's a multi multiple farming sim game. It is still an open beta, but already the mechanics and the contents feel solid. Um, we've talked about Palia, but thank you for that, Clues. Um, Fast Talking Mats. Baldur's Gate 3, and I'm obsessed. 
Never played D&D before and feel this is a good way to understand some of the mechanics. I'm on the Explorer setting and still find some... Explorer. Some the, still find some of the fights hard, but I think I'm making yeah. a good way through. It's still difficult. It's still a challenge. You yeah, have to yeah. think about it. You can't just go in and destroy it and there's no challenge there. Very true. Because I've had that before in Persona 4. Mm. I, was it 4 or 5? Is five. that a thing? Five yes. Five. Yeah, 4 is the homophobic one. Um... <laughs> Uh, Persona 5, I switched down to safe mode because I was like, I just care about the story. And I'm like, actually, no, I don't just care about the story. I want a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, and yeah. they won't let you go back from stories. So I had to restart it. Anyway. That was annoying. And then lastly, Yuffie. I've been slowly playing through Final Fantasy 16. I'm about 50% through and have been enjoying it, especially the music. I've been getting completely yeah. distracted from the main story with side quests. I hate having things sitting there not completed. Agreed. Mm. Very much agreed. Yeah. I found some of the side quests kind of boring, and started dozing off while playing. I'll blame being too comfy on the couch with a blanket and my dogs. I mean, that is absolutely living the dream, Yuffie. I'm quite jealous, to be honest. It is. But yes, do do the side quests. I agree, some of them are a little a little dull, and there are a lot of them. Mm. You think you've done them all, and then more appear. Yeah, especially right near the end, up. and you're like, oh, yeah. But then once mm. you do do them, the ones at the end feel very gratifying in terms of story. So yeah, they actually, they're like character story ones. Yeah. Okay, we asked also a question of the day, a few question of the days this week, uh, because it is Swapping Joysticks episode 100, we asked a few questions related to Swapping Joysticks. And the first one was, what game do you think would cause the end of Swapping Joysticks? Oh. And these were some of the good ones. Monopoly, says Riley. Yeah, because so, the thing is, okay. you, there's no board for you to flip and storm out. Well, if we actually play proper Monopoly, that would happen. I mean, I am incredibly competitive with games. We really? know this. Yeah. We know this. So like any of these competitive games, yeah. Yeah, and then I also get slightly competitive with you as well and get really pissed off if I don't if I lose. Um like Mario Kart. Yep. Every time I lose, I get really angry. Um Pico Park, Genshin. I don't know. Portal two. I think we should play Portal 2. Will that? We should do that in multiplayer. Mm. One of the co-op cooking games, like Overcooked. Yep. That is going to piss me off wildly. Yep. Especially it's cooking. Yep. Cuphead. We're not doing that. That is an absolute no. Oh, that'd be great. No. I'd have to carry you. Yeah. And And it's hard enough. The thing is, that game is hard enough with one person. Having two people jumping around, I think, would be just too hard. And they give, uh, the boss has double the health, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God, no. Um, Overlord, Overlord 2, I don't know what that is. Plate Up, similar to Overcooked. Yeah. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. That's one where... I think oh, that's that one the bomb would, one, right? Yeah, I think that would be good because I think that's in VR, isn't it? Isn't yes. It? One person has the VR headset and they have a bomb in front of them and they have to maybe describe what they can see to the other person who has mm-hmm. like a... a who has maybe a, an e-book. But I think I know someone that like printed everything out so they could work together. Um, I think that might be fun as well with other people. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like an escape room type of thing where you got to kind of solve it. I think, yeah, if we had a couple of friends over or something, that might be a fun game to play. Mm. Could even stream it. Um, Mario Kart Double Dash. I mean, any Mario Kart. Uh, any Mario Kart, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the next question was like, what do people think is going to be our game of the year? And we were talking about this earlier because we have absolutely no idea. Mm. And normally like this time of year, you have an idea, you know, if Elden Ring's out or Final Fantasy VII Remake was out, you kind of know. But this year, we're not sure. Neroxen says um, Connections from the New York Times. <laughs> the one that you... No. No, and I even I'm ter- like, even I'm terrible. No. Like, Wordle I really enjoyed and I 
got into, but like connections, I no. just, I'm bad at it. And there's too many American. It's too answers. American. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is New York. Uh, Gary says Death Standing. Don't know what that is. I think it's the sequel to Get Death Stranding, but I don't think mm. that's out this year, Gary. Um, then Helia says, there's no way you don't crown Final Fantasy 16. But like, we gave it an eight. It ain't perfect. No, but not what is. I'd, I would, no. And we're not, we won't spoil it, but I don't think 16 is top three. I mean, it might be. But I don't know. It's yeah. We'll, we'll keep it a surprise. But I don't the think it'll be number one. The thing is, I mean, it, it depends on how do you categorize game of the year. You know, is it objectively the best game, or is it the game that means the most to us? That made me YouTube partner. And, and thank the, you very much, Ben. The thing is, is that Final Fantasy 16 has been a big deal for both of us because we've both enjoyed playing it. Like I've got to, you know, for me, it's been a big deal for my work. I've got to do big previews on it. I've interviewed Yoshida because of that game. We've interviewed Ben Saar on the podcast yeah we hung out um, in the final fantasy 16 balcony booth at a final fantasy drag night yeah so like it's <laughs> it's been a big deal for us for the year yeah but, so in that sense it kind of is the game of the year but at the same time the game itself objectively Isn't there perfect. are other games that are yeah Pick just as if not better so yeah it's a bit like when animal crossing was out and it was like is that my game of the year? I think I made it my game of the year, personally. Mm. Because it changed many things. We met through Animal Crossing. That's true. Yeah, so there were so many big life... I did, but Final Fantasy XVI didn't change my life as much as Animal Crossing did, but yeah, it's a good game. Um, Neuroxion says, High hopes for Starfield. Now, I feel you might be disappointed with that. Mm. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, says Mr. Millhill. Um... I don't know. I need to play that and finish it. Lenny Lavi says, definitely Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Isn't Hello Kitty at um, Gamescom? I don't know. No, it's not Hello Kitty. No, so it's not that. It's, I think there's a work thing and it's not Hello Kitty. It's Peppa Pig. Oh. Um, Deb says Dave the Diver. That might be a good shout. We never know. Um, but probably either Baldur's Gate 3 or Final Fantasy 16. Baldur's Gate, we'll see. We will see because I need to play that a lot more. Um, and I feel like if I really get into that, I'm going to absolutely love it. Mm. Um, I just need to give myself a bit more time. Gary says, does game of the year have to be real? We asked that year. Releasey. Released. OMFG. How the hell does release transfer to we asked? And I said, you can edit your messages if you want. Yeah, good one, Gary. <laughs> and it then didn't reply to any more of that. Uh, I mean, there are still yeah. a couple of, there are still a couple of months, the next couple of months, have a lot of very, very good games in them coming out, potentially. Yeah. Um, no one said Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush you enjoyed, didn't you? I did absolutely love that. And that was a big review for me, which was, which was great. I am very excited about Armored Core, which you won't like. Um, but I'm very excited to give that a go. That could, that could end up being up there. I'm very excited about Sea of Stars. I feel like that's going to be... That could, that, that, that's potentially. my sort of number one indie game of the year, I think. Mm. Um, you haven't played it yet. But, well, I haven't played it yet. I enjoyed the demo a lot. Um, so I have very high hopes for that. And you haven't played Pikmin yet? Also true. That could be up there for me. It's brilliant. And I've just started Dave the Diver. So that could, you know... Dave there, the Diver. There are a lot... Dave the Diver. Dave the Diver. It just keeps... I keep thinking you're saying Dave the Diver. No, it's just my accent. Yeah. Dave um, the Diver. Yeah. That's how you pronounce it. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's just a very, very, very good year. It is a very good year. Was last year good as well? No. What was last year? 
Oh, no, Elden no. Ring. <laughs> yeah, just Elden Ring, actually, yeah. And mm. Well, it's funny. I think there's been a bit of a knock-on of COVID because... Oh, God. The year that we gave... Wait, no, it, which was the one... Oh, Unpacking. That year was... Unpacking yep. was a good game. It wasn't game of the year. Well, it wasn't... I mean, it was. It would have. Where would it have been this year? Like, seventh, eighth, ninth? Yeah, probably. Um, it's. I think there's been, like, because COVID impacted so so many games being released that then there's been a weird knock-on and it's really disrupt, disrupted mm. game releases. And now I feel like this year is the year that, like, a load of stuff has suddenly come out. Mario Wonder? That is could it, end up being amazing. It? Mario w- Wonder. 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 Wonderful. Wonder. Wonderful. Wonder. A fish called? Wonder. Exactly. It's the, the, you need to pronounce it differently. Wonder. Wonder. It's Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, Wonder. Not Wonder. <laughs> say, say it in the Yorkshire accent. Super Mario Wonder. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I don't wonder. know what that was. Wonderful. Wonder. There you go. Um, also Super Mario RPG remake. I mean, it's a remake, but also like, I'm really excited about that. Disqualified. We'll see. Uh, but yeah. So that was it really. What's in the news? Cause we'll do quickly. We'll do the news quickly, even though it's, yeah, we're nearly an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> Baldur's Gate 3 has been in the news a lot. Lots of news stories, lots of little things about the game, updates, various bits and pieces. But one thing that's particularly interesting is that they've released some stats oh, yeah. about the first week. Um, and it turns out that in the first weekend, 368 people managed to finish Baldur's Gate 3. How? Easy mode and skipping things. Maybe. Now, I, I do think there is actually a way of finishing it in like halfway through the game. I think there is an ending you can mm. get at that point, depending on choices. So maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people played the hell out of it very, very quickly. Have you ever finished a game like early with like a kind of a non-ending and just was like you know what that's it that's i'm fine with that no because i think if that happens it's sort of known about um so because i did it i did it with prey oh um there's one bit where i found like an escape pod and i could have and it was like do you want to go and save everybody or whatever and you want to go and discover everything or do you want to just take the easy route and go on the escape pod? And I was like, I'm going in the escape pod. I, was, I just need to get out of this wow. place. And yeah, there was a bad ending. But it kind of tells you, it wraps it up for you a little bit, but it's still, that's the really shit ending. Yeah. And th- then in future, I'll go back and maybe finish it because it's a great game. I feel like I always want to see as much as possible. So I'll push past that. One thing actually that suddenly occurred to me is when difficult... Back in the day, difficulty options used to stop you from completing the full game. So I remember playing Castlevania 64, which was not a very good game. Mm. It was like a 7 out of 10, and I actually quite liked it. But I played it first on like easy mode, and it's only the first half of the game, and then it just ends. And then it's like, if you want to see the rest of the game, you've got to play it on normal. And so then you play it on normal, and suddenly the difficulty was way more frustrating, and I got really, really aggravated by it and Doesn't never finished like it. No, and never finished it. And it's like, why did games used to do that? So annoying. Oh, I mean, games Lock you used... out of half a game just because yeah. it's difficult. Well, games used to do that to make them longer because actually they were really short. Yeah. And it's like 
the grind, like Final Fantasy games and stuff, they used to be, they used to make you grind and grind and grind. And the reason is because like you, like we're playing the remasters now, you can finish them in five hours. And I'm happy with five hours. Yeah, but back then they were like charging 45 pounds and for these pixel looking games, they needed, and like difficulty was a way to make these games longer. Absolutely. So Baldur's Gate, 93% of players chose to play as a custom character rather than a preset. Good, which is interesting because um, Divinity Original Sin 2, everybody recommends that you play as a character rather than a custom. Mm. I mean, I want to play as a new character. Like, that's the point of it to me. Yeah. Um, They then spent a combined 88 years in character creation. Half of that was you. Yeah. Almost 10% of players spent at least an hour creating their character. I think I did, actually. Yeah. Well, I went and redid it. I told you, I created a really ugly companion that I then wanted to change, and I couldn't until I changed the entire character. Yeah. What do you think is the most popular class? I think I read this. Isn't it like Paladin? Paladin is number one, followed by Sorcerer, followed by Warlock. And I think after that, it's Rogue and Bard. I think I am Rogue. I think I'm Rogue at the moment, because I did a switch. Because I wasn't really enjoying what I was. Mm. Whatever. No, what was I? Archer. Um, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Hunter. The top race is half elf, followed by human, and then followed by elf. So considering I'm playing as a half elf sorcerer. Basic. I'm basically a basic bitch. Me. Um, What was... What was I? What am I? You're a drow, aren't you? Yes. Which not is basic. A, Eve, I'm not basic, and I was a rogue slash. Yeah, I'm the opposite of basic. That's probably why it's quite difficult for me. The fewest number of people chose to be a Githyanki. Yeah, and Lazel is the least popular origin character. Oh, I quite. I don't dislike her. Yeah, she's the one that you capture from up in the air, which I didn't. Maybe I didn't miss. I didn't missed her, and that to like you were like, oh, have you not got her yet? I'm like, no. And I'd literally, you saw the map and it was just the dark area of the map where you haven't explored was where she was. So I like, I'd picked up loads of other people. I've just noticed a typo in the story and I'm really annoyed with myself. Did you write it? Yep. Oh God. Is it the <coughs> Guardian? No, I, I just have Baldur's Gate 3, but Gate is a lower, lower G instead of an uppercase G. Oh, so it's the right letter. It's very annoying. Baldur's Jate. Um, players have already played Baldur's Gate 3 for at least 10 million hours combined. It's half a popular game. Yeah, half of that's just West Manovich. Yeah, exactly. He's already on his second playthrough. Mm. So, Pokemon news. Uh, the weekend was the Pokemon World Championships in Yokohama in Japan. There's been loads of stuff about it. Um, I've seen loads of TikToks from people there about like the the tube you scan your ticket and it shouts bigger bigger at you and stuff like that there's loads of weird stuff going on um but um there's been a couple of stories one of which is that loads of people were using hacked pokemon yeah um and and got disqualified and they're annoyed so the thing is is that people are using hacked versions not to cheat but just to skip the grind so it's like i need this pokemon with these stats and then they just hack it to make it um so it doesn't give you an advantage it's just you're shortcutting having to do the training um and those people have been disqualified and it's caused a bit of a rift in the community of 
Some people think that that's cheating that shouldn't be allowed. Some people think that actually it's feasible and it gets rid of the grind and it should be fine. Um, so that's caused I a bit of I feel like that shouldn't be allowed, to be I honest. I mean, it is essentially cheating. Yeah. And the whole point of Pokemon is that you train them. So exactly, it's the grind. Make the effort. Yeah, um, adopt. Don't adopt. Yeah. However, next year's tournament, they've announced the location, which is Hawaii. Mm. Well, Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah, that is a choice. And I know I... I sent you an article that... I don't know. I've seen some people in Hawaii being like, this will be great. and But I've seen a lot of people say, no, this is very bad. I mean, mm. A, there are currently... We're, I think they're about to announce a new death toll of the wildfires that's happening there. And it could be significant. It's like so the announcing time of this writing now, for this, there were 90 deaths. Yeah. And, and I think they said that that was going to be potentially... Um, well, potentially going to have quite a large uh, update. But I don't think... Yeah, I mean, they've just announced they might find 10 to 20 victims a day. Mm. Um, it's 96 a moment, yeah. It's, so, I mean, it did feel... I think it might be unfortunate, the date, because I think maybe at the end of Worlds, they always announce... I'm guessing they always announce the next exactly. place. So it just... It was unfortunate that it happened when this was happening because they couldn't say, no, we're not going to tell you based on world events because everyone would be like, oh, well, it's obviously going to be Hawaii. Yeah. Um. So I think that was, I mean, that was unfortunate. I mean, I don't know if it's tone deaf because they can't really just, well, what, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't announce, don't announce it. What they did it. is they announced it and then straight afterwards they have given a donation. Yeah. Which is $200,000, which a lot of people are saying is nowhere near as much as it should be. Um, especially as... How much are they donating? Well, there is that, but it's kind of, you know, massive multi-millionaire, multi-million, you know, earning company. It's not a huge amount. And then also, by the way, we're going to host the Worlds next year, which, yes, is going to bring a load of people over in tourism, but also over tourism, tourism is a huge problem there. And people don't want people coming over there. Like natives don't want tourists over there because the, well, they said, the, the, I think the, if the you, state can't cope with it. Yeah, I, I read another. I've, there's a million Twitter threads of people that are very, very convinced that their opinion is the only right one. And, of course. And one of them I is... I mean, that's social media. Yeah, and one of them was like saying, make sure you, if you do, get, you know, go is fine. They said, apparently you get, there's a ballot, I think a bit like um, with Final Fantasy Con, Final FanFest. FanFest. So, and it's like, but apparently I think what I gathered was that this event, this Pokemon event, People get win the ballots or they get tickets to go there and, you know, that's great. But apparently a lot of other people go there as well who don't have tickets. Mm. Um, and it's like those people stay away. But if you've got a ticket, great. Enjoy yourself. But also make sure your the things that you do there contribute to the natives. Yeah. Just mm. think carefully about where you're staying and where you're eating and just, yeah. you know, when you're there, have, you know, it's not just a simple holiday necessarily. That's true. Yeah, Hawaii's, I would absolutely love to go there, but I'd have to, I don't know if I would. And if I did, it would be, I'd want to, to try careful. and do it in a sustainable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then another quick bit of news that happened literally earlier on this evening, Ooh, which is, I don't know um, this then. Assassin's Creed Mirage has now gone gold and its release date has been moved up. Oh. So it's now coming out a week sooner. What, so, was it, what was it clashing with? Because that's um, going to be the boy, reason, yeah. yeah. Um, it was set for the 12th of October. It's now going to come out on the 5th of October. Thursday, the 5th of October. Um, which now gives it a bit more space before uh, Lords of the Fallen, Spider-Man, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, 
and Super Mario Wonder. Wonder. Good. Good for them. I'm um, looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And it's not a stream game. I'll probably start it on YouTube. I'll do a quick play and then be like, cool. I'm going to yeah. play the rest of it and chill and actually finish a, an Assassin's Creed game. I've only ever finished one. Wow. Which was um, Origin. Mm. Origins. Very good game. Yeah. I really like that one. It was my favorite. to the top of the pyramids. Yeah. And there was a Final Fantasy crossover. Final Fantasy 15 crossover. That is true. Which I was like, this is really cool. Chocobo in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. But a chocobo with two humps, wasn't it? Because it was like a camel chocobo. Weird. Yeah, it was odd. But cool. Well, I wonder the if there's going to be one a 16 crossover with... No. No? I doubt it. So that was the news of it. There's not a huge amount of news, but that's also because there probably won't be this week either. Next week is Gamescom. So there will be a lot of news coming out of yeah. that. And I think basically now is not a good time to announce stuff because it's quiet. So mm-hmm. things will be announced during Gamescom. Yeah. I mean, other than that, the news is I got made YouTube partner. So thanks very I mean, that's much. That's the big news story of the week. That's Well, no, no, no. It's the second biggest news. I'm building up to the biggest. Oh. Um, but yeah, thanks to Ben Starr's interview, I think pretty much ticked a million net metrics. So thank you to everybody that has tuned in and uh, subscribed or watched the video. And if you're new, if you're brand new to this, thanks to that video. Welcome. I hope we can keep you watching. We've got a bunch of other interviews uh, lined up. We've got at least one confirmed, potentially more that have kind of given their, have said yes in person, but we just need to follow up on them. So there's going to be a lot more interviews. We'd love to get chatting. I'd love to get chatting with people on like, I'd like to get chatting with people who are like releasing games or making games that are quite popular that maybe aren't the massive ones. Like, for example, a Dave the Diver dev or someone like that. That'd be really cool to chat with. Mm-hmm. So I think these type of th- interviews would be would be really cool. Uh, but hopefully they'll be really interesting. But yeah, so, so they'll all go on youtube.com slash biggestbenus. Yeah, I got partnered on there. And what I'm going to do now is every week I'll have one or two streams where I try out a new game for the first time and I'll play the first hour or two on stream probably no camera maybe i don't know if i do it'll be tiny in the corner um but yeah that'll be just where i play a game that's not going to be all community and kind of twitch <laughs> it's just going to be youtube it's just going to be not there. twitch it's just going to be there for the game mainly so if you're interested in that youtube.com slash biggest benefits we'll also put all the podcasts up there and anything else any other little extra videos uh will plonk up and yeah and but the biggest What's news the biggest news man your birthday on friday oh no one cares about that ed's birthday on friday he's going to be in his late 20s very late so late they've gone over the barrier into the 30s but yeah you're gonna be 36 how do you feel old why because it's halfway to 72 halfway to death oh 72 is young (laughs) 72 is the new 42 what, what are your goals for the next year? Oh, God, don't ask me that. That's philosophical. Um, and don't say, like, get a better job or something, because people might watch, you know. Wow. No, that was not on my bingo card. Um, or a new partner. <laughs> that certainly was. Wow. Uh, was not, no. Um, I have no idea. I haven't even thought about it. Move somewhere different? Have a holiday. 
I'll join you on that have one. Have a holiday. Where? I don't care. Just somewhere. What kind of holiday? A relaxing one. Yeah. So <laughs> not necessarily a city break. We'll have a city break, but we'll have plenty of them. But I think a nice relaxing holiday, either somewhere really hot or really cold. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Well, hopefully, well, not hopefully, it will happen. Before the end of the year. Yeah. Well, have a November trip. But yeah, holiday, speaking of holidays, our, well, our next podcast is going to be recorded on something. In fact, I don't think actually we're, they're not, there isn't going to be a delay or anything with the podcasts because, uh, yeah, will. will there? So with well, the next one, we will record this coming Sunday, which yep. means it'll be out on Monday, which is all good. And then the one after that, we are, will be coming back from Germany on the Sunday night. Mm. So we will probably record it on the Monday. But that Monday is Bank Holiday Monday for us. Oh, yeah. So we could potentially record it during the day. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, the podcast goes up on a Monday generally. Um, but yeah. So that is, it might just be a bit later on that day. Well, I think that was it. That was episode 100. Did it live up to everything you were expecting? What's been, well, what's been your favourite moment from the last hundred episodes? Oh, God, now. If I'd known about this, I might have actually thought about it. Probably... The evolution of the podcast. The fact that we now have decent microphones. Hopefully by 200, we'll have incredible cameras. But I just spent like 400 pounds on these cameras. Or 200. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, maybe if I, I won't buy it with my own money but like mm. any twitch income maybe but um you go first well i think one of mine was pokemon card asmr that was good just because that was that was early days and it was disgusting it was disgusting and i don't think actually pokemon asmr would really work again but as a one-off yeah not really knowing what was going to happen it was very funny what was the name of that pokemon that grumpig yeah. That became Cumpig. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Cumpig. And also get, getting to know you. No. Like we were, I know you despise <laughs> any form of flattery or being, or like showing of niceness. Blech. But like when, if Blech. you go back and listen to episode one, we didn't really know each other that well. Like I was, I got to know you a bit and we're chatting and I'm like, oh, you like games a lot and I like games and you can talk for fucking yonks about games let's Thanks. let's do a podcast and here we are here we are so yeah it's been a interesting and we had a nice little break for a while but after all of that it's 100 100 episodes here's to another 100 more we should have had wine shouldn't we yeah we oh, we should have done this drunk <laughs> we should do that every week to be maybe honest. every 10 episodes we do a drunk one Let's not make that, that happen. Sounds great. Let's not make that happen. Every ten episodes from now on, we're gonna have wine. Don't even need to be drunk. I mean, I will be. Even better. There we go. New new thing to make it even more exciting. Well, you'll have the visuals now of what we're drinking. Exactly. Yeah. Won't be able to uh, monetize that on YouTube for my partner. We'll <laughs> be like, oh, it's Ribena. All right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch, on social media. Is it over here? Um, and just generally crying about being old. Yeah. 
Oh, it's amazing because then finally we're different ages. Because the moment we're finally the, we're the same. There's like a, like a month. There's a yeah. It's like a month and a half or so in the year when we're the same age. But luckily, you can you can go and be the daddy again. And and yeah, you find me at Biggest Benes on Twitch, on YouTube, Biggest Benes One on uh, Twitter. Refuse to call it anything else. And uh, just go to swappingjoysticks.com if you want to find if you want to go and listen to all the previous episodes. There are a lot of episodes on YouTube. It's not all of them because we didn't do video versions of them all. If you want the complete, comprehensive list of every single episode, go to swappingjoysticks.com and find us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Amazon Music, anything that your podcast player can find. So I've got a burp that's been dying to come out, but it's gone back down now. Lovely. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very, very much for watching and uh, watching and listening and listening. Sorry, yeah. I need, it's going to be we can do weird both going now. back there now. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for watching and listening, witching, and uh, we will see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.